Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> so for some reason, our iPads did not work today. We don't know what was going on. Um, so we are having to record on our phones today because our Google Drive is wanting to kill us. Um, our Google Drive has become sentient and is after us. Um, Allison, how, it's the week before Thanksgiving, it's a week before Thanksgiving, it's the week before Christmas. (laughs) Whoa, Allison, Allison, Merry Christmas. Thanks, Merry Christmas. I brought you a present. Yeah. Allison, open your present for all of our Poulter Pals at home. Okay, uh, TBH. I already opened it, but uh, <gasps> pretend I didn't open it. No, I know she opened it. <laughs> <laughs> open it for the audience. Wow, tissue paper. <gasps> Show it off. Put it in the do like the do like the beauty influencers. Look it, look it. Ta-da! So pretty. It's a little gross. Oh, it's real cute. Um, but yeah, I'll be sure to take a picture of it for you. And we'll post it. Yeah. Put it on your fridge at home. Yeah. So that way y'all can actually get a better look into it. But more crema. And she bought me some speedball paint so we can make (laughs) Poltergal shirts. Um, so keep an eye out for Poltergal merch coming soon. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, Allison, we also have another announcement. Yeah. Show them off. um, we got a Christmas present from Lone Pine Publishing. Thank you, Lone Pine Publishing. We love you. Yeah. So they sent us five books because we had requested if we could record some of their books. One of them we had already had, but this allows for Miss Debbie to have a copy. I of have a copy. So that was my Christmas yeah. gift. So, but we have five of them. It's all ghost stories of. So there are different ones. It's the ones that we have up there. Texas, America, battlefields, haunted hotels, and then we even have one that's... <gasps> My favorite. Yeah. Werewolves, witches, and vampires. Yeah. So we're excited to be able to continue to read those because, well... Yeah. It's It allows us to do Terrifying Tuesdays. Yes, and I hope you guys have been enjoying the Terrifying Tuesdays. I hope you guys have been loving um, our Christmas story, tuning in every week for a new chapter. Every um, day. Every day. Minus every single day, besides Tuesdays and Fridays. Yes, every day <laughs> minus Tuesdays and Fridays. The um, uh, final chapter is coming out this yay. coming Saturday. Yes. So that, which will actually be tomorrow. And we'll be done. So if you're watching this right now, it will be tomorrow and you better not miss it. It is the finale. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Let me tell you. It's 
all the spooky stuff is at this point done and over with and you basically get to see happy ending the rossi family finally get back together and love each other yeah yay which if you've been keeping up with this far you know the whole family has just been in disarray this entire but, time <laughs> yes but yeah well know, that's it those two big announcements and then yeah hopefully more stuff coming yeah coming into the new year right new year's new us yay new pilter gals we'll be having new episodes coming out um we won't be doing another um month as big as this one um for a while but literally we're already thinking about halloween next year (laughs) we're thinking about spooky season y'all it's on our brain 365 um we have spooky vibes all the time yeah and y'all don't even understand we got we got stuff we got plans debbie's got a debbie's in for a surprise too Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> she knows my just kiddings are usually kidding. <laughs> Those usually have a JK behind the JK. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so that's all of our announcements. Um, and speaking of the New Year's, guess what we're talking about today? New Year's. Yay. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys, if you've been with us for a whole year, you might have caught us for our New Year's stories. Um, what I like to call um, our edition of this is Holy Days or horror days um and so today we'll be talking about new year's new year's traditions holiday origins and of course the spookies yes and some of these we have talked about but we never really went into some of the history Mm -hmm. so that's what we're going to be kind of talking about plus retell some of those spooky hauntings yeah and so if you guys want to get learnt and learn about the new years with us um let's find out yeah so as a lot of us know many people around the world have been celebrating the start of each new year for at least four millennia four millennia today most new year's festivities begin on december 21st or december 31st <laughs> new year's eve the last day of the Gregorian, Gregorian calendar Gregorian. and continue into the early days of January 1st, New Year's Day. Common traditions include attending parties, eating special foods, making resolutions for the new year, and even watching firework displays. Allison, what's your New Year's resolution? More polter. More polter? More spooky. More spooky? Um, I was going to say like my real resolution, but now I feel like I have to have a polter specific. I feel like I just want to get better at our postings and on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. My goal is to get us to a thousand followers. You know, I, I my, my big goal is just to worse, get better at reading this terrifying tales. Because let me tell you, maybe that's Hey, you're doing a good job. Maybe that's something that we need to be uh, posting on our patreon mm-hmm. the bonus content is how horribly i read those books hey let me tell we're you we're getting through it <laughs> y'all get a nice little like edited version edited version but if y'all saw how i read that it would y'all would be like wow she's so uneducated how do you not know how to read <laughs> hey it's okay but that's why we're learning and again remember <laughs> this podcast we're here to learn about the history we're here to learn together and we're here to get spooked together um Allison, continue yeah So, following the celebrations, the earliest record of festivities in honor of New Year's arrived date back to 4,000 years in ancient Babylon. 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 Yeah. So, (laughs) 
But for Babylons, the first moon following the vernal equinox, the day in late March, with an equal amount of daylight and darkness, herald the start of the new year. And actually, Allison, we are recording today on the solstice. So this is the day, this is the day in winter where day and night is, is, yeah, this is the solstice. Winter solstice? Yeah, today is the winter solstice. And if you don't know, today here we're, it's Wednesday, the 21st of December. Yay. So let's get witchy out there. And let's see, which that marked the first day. They marked the occasion with massive religion festivals called Akintu, Mm. which is a derived from the Samaritan word of for barley which was cut out in the spring that evolved into a different ritual on each of its 11 days in addition to the new year Attiku celebrated the mythical victory for the Babylon sky god Marduk over the evil sea goddess Tiamat 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 and if you know what any of these like how to correctly pronounce Babylon Tiamat like Marduk like a I'm just kind of guessing, but if you know how to properly sound... Uh, I mean, this is ancient sense. languages, so... <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's uh, the few people that still care. <laughs> Study this and care. Help us. So, if you know how to correctly say these, please send us a voice memo to our email mm-hmm. at thepoltegals at gmail. You can also DM us on social media. At the underscore yeah. poltergals. Because we, we would love to be able to correctly say these. Mm-hmm. But in addition to the new year, it was the mythical victory and served an important political purpose. It was during this time that a new king was crowned or that the current ruler's divine mandate was symbolical and renewed. Hmm. Throughout, throughout equity. Antiquity. Ant- yeah, that's too big of a word. Antiquity. Word of the week throughout antiquity. <laughs> Civiliz- civilizations around the world develop increasingly sophisticated calendars, typically pinning the first day of the year to an agriculture or astronomical event. Hmm. In Egypt, for instance, the year began with the annual flooding of the Nile, which conceded the, with the rising of the star Sirius. And you know, the actually the pyramids of Egypt do align with three stars in the night sky. Yes. The main one being Sirius. Yes. So, which was, you know, convenient. The first day of the Chinese New Year, meanwhile, occurred with the second new moon after the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. January 1st becomes New Year's Day. Because in the early Roman calendar consisted of 10 months and 304 days, with each new year beginning at the vernal equinox. According to tradition, it was created by Romulus, the Romulus, Romulus, the founder of Rome in the 8th century BC. A later king, Numa Pompeius, is credited for adding the months of Januarius and Februarius. I'm a Janu- Februarius. <laughs> I don't know why Januarius and Februarius, but... I love it. Just January and February. Mm -hmm. And over the centuries, the calendar fell out of sync with the sun. And in 46 BC, the the Emperor Julius Caesar decided to solve the problem by consulting with the most prominent astronomers. Astronomers. I don't know. (laughs) Astronomers. Again, (laughs) if if y'all want to see how terrible my reading is, I will start filming 
how bad I read. She's doing a good job. Bonus content. <laughs> and mathematicians. Oh, you can say time. mathematicians, but you can't say astronomers. Okay. Listen. Mathematicians is a bigger word. I know. But you know what? It's okay. I never said it was logical. <laughs> my brain. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happens to my brain. And yet. My mother gave birth to me. She's such <laughs> a smart w- woman. So. She's a very smart woman. We Here love I you, am. Sandra. Here I am. <laughs> I don't know what happened. A very smart, well-educated, uh, who works in finance. <laughs> for <laughs> gave a birth, university. Gave birth to me. Yes, he worked for a university and used to do audits for the state of Texas. Gave it's birth great. to me. I don't know how what happened. It's fine. We love you. But here I am. We love you for who you are on the inside. That's what matters. Yikes. Because <laughs> all that's in there is bones, guts, and... I love your guts. <laughs> Gross. This is very <laughs> off topic. <laughs> anyway, back to Julius Caesar. <laughs> he introduced the Julian calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar that most countries around the world use today. Yeah, he literally was like, you know what would fix this? What if I just named a bunch of months after myself? Um, and so he did. And how do you think we got July? Julius. Hello. I'm definitely not a July baby. Hi. She's a Leo. Oh, wait, no. Are you a Gemini or are you a Leo? Oh, yeah, you're a Leo. Definitely a Leo. I thought so. Listen, we're just the best, okay? Thanks, Julius Caesar. <laughs> you gave me this. Maybe, Allison. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. We just embody his spirit. Maybe. He's maybe just, just like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. A reincarnate, if you will. You're welcome. I know, so pretty with my very short <laughs> hair that I can't flip, that I'm pretending <laughs> to flip. <laughs> so as a part of his reform, Caesar instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, partially to honor the month's namesake, Junus, the Roman god of beginnings, whose two faces allowed him to look back into the past and forward to the future. That's spooky. Romans celebrated by offering sacrifices to to Junus mm-hmm. as exchanging right. gifts with one another. Aww. Decorating their homes with laurel branches and attending raucous. raucous parties. Yeah, it just means loud and crazy and fun. Why not just say crazy parties? <laughs> but whatever. In middle medieval Europe, Christian leaders temporarily replaced January 1st as the first of the year with days carrying more religious signification sin- oh my god this you, weren't, you. you weren't lying about this <laughs> dr pepper i know it's not even dr pepper dr pepper doesn't even make me this burpee it's just the dr thunder dang it walmart <laughs> with significance such as december 25th the anniversary of jesus's birthday mm-hmm. and march 25th the fifth the fir- feast of an- annunciation annunciation dude I don't even know what that is. I think that's like whenever the Pope would get, uh, do like his speech or whatever. The Pope would get traded out or whatever. I feel like it has something to do with the Catholic Church. Well, I mean, it even says Pope Gregory the whatever reestablished January 1st of New Year's Day, New Year's Day in 1582. But the many questions that I need to ask a priest. I know. You should go to church. <laughs> But I feel like knowing Catholic priests, they get mad if you question anything. That is actually true. <laughs> anyway. 
the I Feast say, of Annunciation celebrates the solemnity of the unctuation of the Lord. Solemnities in the Catholic Church are celebrations that are of the greatest importance. The Annunciation of the Lord refers to the time when the angel Gabriel visited the Blessed Virgin Mary to tell her that she would be the mother of our Savior. So I guess that's like the conception date, I guess, basically, because March to December would be like nine months for a baby, right? March, January, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So the Feast of Annunciation yes. is basically what the Catholics celebrate Mary becoming espregnante with Jesus. But that's so Jesus. weird because that's exactly nine months. That's cool. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't even know about March 25th being of a significance. Um, but then again, the Pope, Gregory, the... What is X? X is 10? X is 10. So I want to say 13th. Yeah. Pope Gregory the 13th. Or maybe this 5 and that's supposed to be 8th. Well, because like right here, that's 7. And the 5 it should be a V. Oh, so X is 10. Yeah. I like how if I have to use my freaking tattoo She's on like, my wrist. She's like, look, it might take two. <laughs> And That's how I judge it. I know. But yeah, so it's been New Year's Day since 1582. Yes. Which has been a long time. Yes. And the traditions and celebrations around the world and many uh, beginnings, the evening, you know, December 31st. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 31st, New Year's Eve, and then going into the 1st. Early hours of January yes. 1st. Revealers often enjoy meals, snacks, thought to be bestowed. Good luck for the coming year. Black eyed peas. Yes. And and not the kind you listen to, by the way. <laughs> In Spain and several other Spanish... Jesus, I'm hiccuping, I'm cold, and I'm slightly burping, which is I told disgusting. you it was cold in here. I'm comfy. I got my little sweater on. I also have my little sweater hat. Oh, it's on the ground. Oh, well. Oh, Deborah. It's okay. So, Spain and pretty much any Spanish-speaking countries, people bolt down a dozen grapes symbolizing their hopes for the months ahead, right before midnight. In many other parts of the world, traditional New Year's dishes feature legumes? Legumes. That's beans. That's black-eyed peas. (laughs) Boy. Which are thought to resemble coins and herald future financial success. Examples include lentils in Italy and black-eyed peas in southern United States. That's us. Yes. And because pigs represent progress and prosperity in some cultures, pork appears on New Year's Eve tables in Cuba, Austria, Hungary, uh, Portugal, and some of other related countries to that. Interesting. Which is... My family always eats cabbage and black-eyed peas. What do you guys do? Deer sausage and black-eyed peas. Hmm. Interesting. But that that's just because we put deer sausage in just to make it taste a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, ringed. Ooh. Ringed. Shiped. Sh- shiped. Shaped. Shiped. <laughs> it's that ring. Shiped. Cakes uh, and pastries. <laughs> Cakes and pastries is a sign uh, the year has come full circle. Round out the feasts in the Netherlands, Mexico, Greece, and places of that sort. In Sweden and Norway, they eat rice pudding with almond hidden inside. It's served on New Year's Eve. It is said that whoever finds the nut can expect 12 months of good fortune. I heard that if you eat the nut, you'll get pregnant. I thought that's what that meant. Well, apparently not. It's 12 months of good fortune. Come on, man. I guess so. I Come know. on, man. It's in the history. 
I, Listen, I I'm know. sure like culturally things have adapted and like yeah. people take on their own spin on things. Yeah. Uh, other countries that are common worldwide include watching fireworks, singing songs to welcome the new year, including the even popular Alud Langson. Langson. I don't know why, but I'm having major deja vu right now. <laughs> Yikes. The practice of making resolutions for the new year is thought to have first caught on among the ancient Biblions who Babylonians. made... Babylonians. You said it earlier. Yeah. You know consistency <laughs> with me when it comes to <laughs> words is not there. But yeah, the Babylonians. They made promises in order to earn the favor of the gods and to start the year off with on the right foot. Not the left foot. No, the right <laughs> <laughs> they would reportedly vow to pay off debts, return borrowed farm equipment, and basically exactly. anything that they... Yeah, needed to finish yeah. off the year. Yeah. And in the United States, the most iconic New Year's tradition is the dropping of the giant ball in New York Square, Times Square, mm -hmm. which I don't watch, but it's there. That's cool. Many of people around the world watch this event, which has taken place almost every year since 1907. Wow, I didn't know that. All I, I know is, was it last year or the year before that they had that YouTube streamer, Ninja, come? And everybody was, like, so chuggy about it. They uh, did? They were like, ew. That's <laughs> it was that funny. Twitch streamer guy with the blue hair? His name was Ninja, and everybody hated it. If you guys were there for that, please let us know. I want to know how bad it actually was. So, over time, the ball itself has ballooned, ballooned from a 700-pound iron and wood orb to a brilliantly, brightly, oh my god, reading is clearly not my thing, brightly patterned shape, 12 feet in diameter and weighing in at nearly 12,000 pounds. That would crush a man. <laughs> god, <laughs> that's huge. Various towns and cities across America have developed their own versions of the Times Square ritual, organizing public drop-off items ranging from pickles, pickles to possums. <laughs> what? What? Pickles, Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. I'm coming at you. And then possums in Tallapalooza, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia, I'm looking at you too. What the heck? What's wrong with you guys? What is wrong with you all? Well, that's fun. So, yeah. Those are all the lovely. What are we going to drop? A ghost? <laughs> We're going to do a ghost drop. Ghost drop on New Year's Eve. Join us in the Undercroft. We'll be there until midnight. No, we won't. You yeah, we will. We're going to be partying the Undercroft. You're not coming to the party? Who? Uh, uh, anybody. New Year's Eve. Sorry, I'll be three hours away. Wow. She wouldn't even come. Listen, I'll be in, uh, in um, um, the country. <laughs> Great. And, uh, s just outside of San Antonio. Oh, wow. I'm going to San Antonio on Thursday. Yeah. Fun. Anyway. Thursday. Well, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Like Thursday tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, well, thank you guys for tuning into the history. Now it's time for a commercial break. Break. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Welcome to One Star Rewind. 
a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, Grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine and vinyl. <laughs> so check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about and now, back to the show. Spooky. <laughs> Welcome back to the hauntings 
Um, I hope you guys got some good commercial breaks. No, nah, they just got us talking. If not, you just got us talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, so now I'm going to be telling some ghost stories happening on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is, listen, don't be mad, Lady in Red. I know. She's not, um, she's not in white. She's not in white. She's in red. So worry. we'll accept it. Um, I'm pretty sure there <laughs> is one. So I think this one's kind of cool because this one actually um, is for New Year's Eve of 1920. So we're in the we're in the 2020s right now. So I yes. think that's pretty cool. Um, so we're going into the 2023. A hundred years ago. A hundred. Well, like one hundred and two. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> who cares about those? Well, one hundred and two years. years ago, three years ago, right? Well, or does it count because it's like New Year's? So would that be well, anyway? So on New Year's Eve of 1920, the Drake Hotel celebrated its opening night with much glamour and tinsel. It's both magnificent and tragic. It was magnificent because the Drake was one of Chicago's most beautiful and celebrated hotels. It was tragic because according to the story, it's the night that the woman in red ended her own life. So on this day, a man and his fiancée, um, who she was wearing this beautiful, like, brilliant red like silk gown. Um, like, they were, like, again, like, fancy, going to this new hotel. She's, like, all decked out, full glamour, right? Um, attended the gala to be held in the Drake's Gold Coast room. So the man then stepped away and did not return. He left this beautiful woman alone on the dance floor. First off, um, I could be a better boyfriend than you. Um, anyway... So, and he went over to the Palm Court Parlor, which is on the opposite side. So she was like, okay, well, my date left me. I'm beautiful. I'm gonna go look for him. Cause like, why'd he leave me? You know? So she went looking around and guess what? She finds him enthralled with another woman in the Palm Court Parlor. Oh no. How dare he? Right. So this woman climbed to the roof and then jumped to her death in her beautiful gown. Since then, the guests of the Drake have reported seeing her apparition in the Gold Coast room, pop court, and even on top of the 10th floor as well, on the roof. Condemned to replay that final night, her restless soul wanders, attempting to find peace after that final tragic night that ended her life. In addition to spontaneous phantom appearances in her red garment, workers and guests also get a creepy and uncomfortable feeling while in the ballroom. Maybe she's tired of being alone. Ooh, I would be too. I'd be bad. I'd be, I'd be hella mad. Why do we always hear these sad, sad stories of men treating women like crap? How dare you? Mm. Um, but how anyway, sad. how sad. This is why wo- you wonder. You men wonder why women are crazy. I know. This is you, why. You wonder why. It's not hard. Yeah, and women's just barely got rights in the 1920s. So how dare you? Exactly. Come <laughs> we on. deserve rights, and we deserve. To be treated nicely when we're dressed pretty. Tell yeah. us we look pretty and be nice to us. Uh, okay. Now we're on to the second story, Allison. Um, so this is the story of the phantom texter. Get out your phone. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. My phone is out. So this story was actually found on Reddit originally and has been told like a couple times. So if you guys are on like those spooky Reddit threads, you probably see this pop up every year around the New Year's Eve time. Um so this is a spooky story that occurred on New Year's Eve. Um, and basically the way it starts is receiving a text message from an unknown number. And that's happened to all of us, right? Everybody's got a message from someone they don't know. 
Yeah. And you're like, new phone, who dis? Um, but rather than that, he got a message from an unknown number on New Year's Eve that simply said, I'm outside. That's... That's all. That's all the message that's said. That's very much scream vibes. So the messages then began to escalate after that. At one point, the mystery texter claimed to be inside the house watching him and his friends. So The call much- is coming from inside the house. Or the text message was coming from inside the house. I don't know if it has the same ring to it. Um, but then the text continued throughout the night with the texter actually then describing the guy's car and then sending creepy texts while they were actually driving home that indicated that the texter was watching him while he was driving. That's weird. That's so creepy. Um, he also had some other people try to call the number that he was receiving the text from because he was probably like, bro, look at this text I got. That's creepy. Um, and his friends were like, well, just call the number, dude. Yeah. Um, but they got a message saying that the working that it wasn't a working phone number. So like they tried calling it, but it did not work. While the messages eventually stopped, the fear never went away. He later said, I haven't dived too deep into this. On one hand, I feel like something really bad could have happened if I kept probing it, but nothing has happened so far. But on the other hand, I don't have any closure, and sometimes I get paranoid about getting another message. I would also be paranoid. Yeah, I, I, mean, uh, I would change my number. <laughs> yeah, I would very much have changed my number. Um, I would be like, no, no thank you. Also, I would never be going over to that friend's house again. I'd be like, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here popping my fingers. I'm like, oh. That's spooky. That's spooky. Um, and so now we're moving on to Weaverville, North Carolina. This is the Phantom of the Inn. Um, So the Inn on Main Street is like a bed and breakfast, and it's located, like I said, in Weaverville, North Carolina. Um, It's indeed very spirited on New Year's Eve, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Spirited? Spirited. Do you get it? (laughs) Um, So funny! Although the innkeepers of the historic bed and breakfast will not admit that it's haunted, um, there's really no denying that it is haunted. Um, and there's lots of tales that are told by guests and staff alike, literally verifying that the house is haunted. But sometimes, you know, the owners are like, mm-hmm. they don't really believe it. It's almost as accurate as a certain owner that owns a speakeasy hmm. might deny having spirits in the spe- said speakeasy. There's no spirits in my speakeasy, I promise. Um, anyway... <laughs> So, phantoms lurk in its spaces, and mysteriously, they have a special preference for making an appearance on New Year's Eve. Strangely, on New Year's Eve, guests frequently hear pictures fall off the wall multiple times, never actually finding physical evidence of them falling, though. So, it sounds like, you, everybody knows what a picture falling off the wall sounds like. Like, it gets a little, it gets a little slided noise, and then it hits the ground, right? I work in an art gallery, so this happens all yeah, the time. Yeah, you want to tell me a little one more time? Because, you know, the noise, the uh, uh, <laughs> It goes, uh, and then do a little sliding sound, and then it hits the ground. Um, so, but they couldn't actually find any. So, maybe this is just a residual haunting, or maybe um, maybe they just had a little too much champagne, right? Maybe? That could be an option. Um, but in addition, many also hear the back door open and close. Yet again, no person has ever been seen either leaving or coming in through that back door. That's weird. 
Um, the house was built 100 years ago by a doctor, um, now probably longer than 100 years ago. Um, and the innkeepers know of at least one person that has died in the house. And there is said that there is a blood stain that remains under the tiles in the bathroom that was once part of the operating room and lab. We've talked about this before. Um, and you know what they say, um, the blood of the innocent will never be washed out. So what's the maybe um but again it was a doctor and that was an operating room back in the day so who knows um and again the stain was never able to be removed even with sanding and restoring it um and then they literally were just it wouldn't come out so they put tile over it um and so could any of these haunts have replaced maybe relevance to the celebration of the new year of course, um, do not hesitate from staying at the end. Um, but on the other hand, be fascinated for the opportunities. Innkeepers have told that all the energy here is good. So it's not it's not oh. evil. It's not coming after you. You're not going to get demonic possessed or anything. Um, claiming that they've actually never lost a guest at the end. Um, and the inn has about identified about 10 different phantoms being in the building. Oh. So everything from men, women, children, um, they even have sensed the presence of, of a Native American. And my favorite, my favorite ghost, Allison, are you ready? Yeah. A white dog. Aww. A little puppy. A ghost pup. Uh, but again, also the owners are still like, hmm, is there really a ghost? And they won't necessarily confirm it. Uh, but there have been multiple sightings and lots of lots of stories. Um, so that is all for the end. Oh. Um, moving on, we're going to the man in the yellow raincoat. Um, I freaking remember this. This story, I think, still haunts me. Oh. oh Wait, no. no, no, no. Not this one. Maybe? Hold on. Maybe. Um, I'll tell it anyway. So, this is at the Angora Theater and Ballroom in Cleveland, Ohio. Have we done, have we done a full episode on the Angora yet? I don't know. I feel like we should. I feel like there's a whole, enough to do this one. Um, so this is the Agora Theater and Ballroom. Um, and on New Year's, it has a very creepy story. So a holiday ghost hunt on December 31st was planned to seek the legends that haunt this historical venue. The entity they sought out most was an ominous man in the yellow trench coat. Or raincoat, sorry. During the investigation, one of the ghost hunters felt a splash of cold water on the back of her legs. Upon reaching down to find the source, she found that her tights were dry and that no one was behind her that could have spilled the liquid. Still, a strange wet sensation remained tingling and continued to where she felt the water, in quotation marks, minutes that she felt, or she could still feel it minutes after it even happened. So this actually wasn't just her that have experienced this. This is one of the most common experiences, and they're all attributed to the man in the yellow raincoat. So he is an iconic apparition and is definitely not shy. Um, he's been seen on the stage, on the catwalk, and in several different viewing balconies. Apparently, he is loves like interacting with people and often casting disciplinary looks into the audience um, <laughs> if the audience is naughty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're saying that maybe that water could have come from him standing on the catwalk and it dripped off of his coat onto her tights. No, that's a little creepy. That's a little creepy. That's um, creepy. Of course, terrifying. Um, the other experiences that have been encountered include doors being opening on, opened on their own and the appearance of what looks like bloodstains in the basement. Why do all these places have bloodstains? Like, can you just, like, get that, that's get it out with some bleach, you know? <laughs> 
Um, the Angora Theater and Ballroom has even seen performances from Elvis and the Beatles and may also be home to some celebrity spirits. Oh. Um, uh, you know, we've talked about um, we've talked about famous people in Texas. We've talked about Mark Twain. Um, so maybe we got some Elvis spirits up in here. I don't know. Um, and besides the man in the yellow raincoat, many apparitions have been seen. And a psychic once did an investigation that said the spirit was named John. John in the yellow raincoat. Thanks, man. You're welcome. All right. So oh. we started off with uh-huh. the lady in red. Are you ready for the yeah. one the one that we we hate but love? We love to hate. Unfortunately. It's time for another New Year's story about the woman in white. I know. Guys, I'm sorry. We it it has to happen. Um, as we know, there's always a lady in white, a la Lorona. There has to be someone crying. There has to be someone weeping. There has to be a bride. There has to be a ghost. There has to be a witch. There has to be a woman in white. So this story um, is about a stranger appearing to a holiday party that you're hosting. So in this story, nope. apparently, um, this is what occurred. An unexpected guest materialized out of nowhere and joined the storyteller's New Year's Eve party. All of the doors and windows were locked, and no one was admitted to letting this old woman in. Who guessed what the woman was wearing? White. A white dress. All white inside of the house. So they're like, yo, this lady over here just crashed our party. Who let her in? And they're like, bro, I don't know. I don't bring her. And he's like, I don't bring him. Like... I thought she was friends with you. No, I thought she was friends with you. Okay, bro. Bro, oh, dude. Bro. Are we bringing back the bros? The bro counter? Um, anyway. And it's not like she was like, you know, like a young lady. Like she was a, an old woman um, in white. But being in the festive mood, the hostess like wasn't going to ask her to leave because, you know, that's like kind of rude. And you're like, maybe she is somebody guess you just didn't know, right? Um, so apparently the lady in white reported that she was lost and couldn't find the party that she was actually heading to. So she showed up, I guess. But upon leaving the party, she dropped two scarves on the doorstep. And to this day, no one knows still how she got in. Many say this is a symbol of a prediction that may not be good. To add to this mystery, the writer adds that her cousin saw the same woman in his dreams only a few nights later. And then they never saw her again. Nope. No, 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 no. If I saw her, I'd be like, oh, hell to the no. Get on my party. <laughs> I am going somewhere safe, but I guess if you think you're going to go somewhere safe, you're not really going somewhere safe. Yeah. So uh, maybe not. <laughs> Are you ready to learn about the bellboy for the Hotel of the Stars? And by stars, I mean dead stars? Yeah. So besides accommodating for the common traveler, the Hotel Monte Vista, which we have covered in full length, go back and listen. It's in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, they actually host a number of otherworldly immortal guests and staff members. As we've talked about, a lot of famous people die and their spirits resign in places that they like. Um, so this legendary hotel opened on New Year's Day of 1927. Which, wow, crazy. Um, We're almost to 2027. Wild. Um, And during the 1940s and 1950s was a popular spot for Hollywood guests, with more than 100 Western movies being filmed nearby. Some of the guests at the hotel include Bing Crosby, Jane Russell, Gary Cooper, Spencer Tracy, and, of course, many others. One of the ghosts is that of the Phantom of the Bellboy, which we talked about in the episode. So if we go back to the episode, check it out. Don't miss it. Um, so this phantom bellboy is known to knock on doors and then simply vanish. 
This annoying fandom has been experienced by dozens of guests over the years, and he's often joined by the ghost of a woman who has been seen outside of the Zane Grey suite. It turns out that these may have been the two prostitutes that were murdered in that room. And again, we talked about the that yes. in full, in more depth in the episode. Duh. Another phantom <laughs> another phantom that hangs out in the Hotel Monte Vista is that of a man who endlessly paces in the Gary Cooper room. He's often reported coughing and clearing his throat. <coughs> mm, sounds familiar. Many guests have reported feeling unnerved by the distinct feeling that someone is watching them while in the room. The ghosts keep coming and that's incredibly the ghosts keep coming in this incredibly haunted hotel. There's a spectral entity that was a former bank robber, which we know oh, the story of yes. that, uh, that is said to now haunt the saloon. Um, Ellen Roberts, a hotel desk clerk, reported back in 1970 that three men robbed a nearby bank to celebrate and stopped in their bar to just have a drink. Even though one of the men had been shot and was literally bleeding out of the bar. Um, <laughs> while having his drink, the wounded man just died at the bar. And some believe that it's his spirit that is still haunting it. Uh, first off, that's stupid. <laughs> Which we talked about Which in the episode. Talked about. <laughs> if you want to know our opinions and our thoughts, just go just listen, listen to that and episode. let me tell you. Um, but it, it, you know what? It still happens. Um, so while enjoying a bar, a drink at the cocktail bar... Um, you may sense the robbers. The robbers. They're just here. Kidding. They're okay. around you. They, they, they be there just, you know. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe you'll explain some other strange things in room 220, which, as we mentioned, is one yeah. of the most haunted rooms in the hotel. Um, this is the story of the maintenance man who returned to room five minutes after leaving, locking up, and only to find the TV on full blast and his bed linen stripped. Could these phantoms come to life during the celebration for the hotel's origination on New... Origination? <laughs> that's the word. That's what it says. Uh, origination? I don't think that's pronounced right. <laughs> on New Year's Day, almost 100 years ago. Yes. And again, we talked about all that. So if you want to... Go back and more. listen to one of our older episodes. Yes. All right. Are you ready to channel your inner Norman Bates? No. So this one is pretty disturbing, um, although not really related to like a haunting yet. So according to CNN, a Florida man who told police he was angry with his mother used an axe to decapitate her on New Year's Eve of 2014. The creepiest part is that his mugshot taken after the man was arrested. In the photo, he's smiling. Did we post a picture of this last time? Or I think so. Yeah, I think we posted a picture of this on our Instagram. So go and see if you can find it. If not, we might repost it. Um, he's smiling like he would for a childhood school photo. The man has apparently fed up with his mother, nagging him, and moving some boxes from the attic. Sheriff Bob Gallertine told CNN Reporter. Could he maybe have been channeling his inner Norman Bates fictitious character in order to kill his own mother on New Year's Eve? Will he, will his mother's ghost continue to haunt on New Year's Eve? This man is terrifying. And this picture is even more terrifying. Debbie. What? I love the, I'm sorry. I was going through Instagram to see if the picture's there. And I mm -hmm. love the fact that your reaction video of you singing is still up there. I love it. It's so great. Um. All right. Oh, this is the story that I remember that freaking terrified me. The zombie that came rolling oh, in. Oh, yes, yes. This one, I still think about. This is the one that I thought was the one earlier. No, this one's it. I'm going to tell you guys it, and you're going to be spooked out just like me. So this is basically about a zombie. So 
get ready <laughs> prep yourself and you know we don't normally talk about zombies on here i feel like we're very much like ghost focused do, do zombies count like zombies are kind of ghosts right they're I undead assume so and i know that we've talked about opening it up to other stuff yeah but i mean like we we have the new book about werewolves witches and vampires so maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll do a little bit more open up. <laughs> we'll literally open up the book and read it <laughs> um well Stay tuned for the zombie story. <laughs> so this person claimed that a, in quotation marks, not quite human creature um, they and a friend encountered on New Year's Eve was very much real. So in quotation marks, it says, that's when we saw it. Something that looked like a naked person, but wasn't quite human, waddled down the street towards us. It moved as though it was half squatting. And because of this, its hands dragged along the ground as they hung limp. At its sides, he claimed. In quotation marks. I couldn't make out its face, and my friend Max told me later that he couldn't either. It was also making a throaty, gurgling noise, as it was almost choking on something. The author and Max did the same did the only sensible thing that they could think of. Get the heck out of there and run. <laughs> so keep it in good light. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Um but yeah, so if I had, if I saw this thing, this thing terrifies me. This reminds me of what was that weird creature thing that we talked about a couple episodes ago? Where it was like the creature without a face, but also like mixed body. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. And they called it uh, like the it or whatever. Yeah. So it was kind of. At Leap Castle. Yeah, it was at Leap Castle. It was, I don't, I don't quite remember. I'm going to have to go back and listen to but it. But that's what this reminds me of. So I wonder if it's the same creature. Oh. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I would also get the heck out of there. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, New Year's may be a time to celebrate and drink a little too much champagne, but also be mindful of your surroundings. And remember, if someone shows up to your party and they were not invited and they are wearing white, kick them out. Yes. <laughs> That's what I, my goal, no one's allowed to wear white to my New Year's Eve party, especially ladies. No women in white allowed. <laughs> no white women allowed. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Can't go to my own party. Anyway, (laughs) well, that is all for our New Year's episode. We hope you guys all have a wonderful New Year. Um, Thank you guys for sticking with us all year round. Um, How does it feel, Allison? We're making it to 2023. Yikes. Yikes. You're right. Yikes. Um, But yeah, and again, don't forget to go follow us at the underscore Poltergals on Instagram. Shoot us an email over at thepoltergals at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe um, on all of our things. And please, please, please go rate and review us. It's the end of a year. It's the end of an era. Not really, but yes. Um, Poltergals. It's the end of an era typically at the beginning. Listen, we're starting anew. um, And keep tuning in for polter all the time yeah let's get spooky 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 in all the right places yes that's right don't look over your shoulder it's us the The polter gals bye Bye. (laughs) good wind chill warning national weather oh yeah probably the power might go out tonight so my mother-in-law's worried about our dogs You've been listening to The Poltergals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.